Hey, welcome to Pickled Parables. My name is Jesse. Today, I want to talk about the uncomfortable experience of spiritual growing pains. This is something every Christian will encounter. As the Holy Spirit works and produces growth and fruit within us, we will be stretched and pruned into the image of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We are called and commanded to imitate Him, but the Holy Spirit really works to renew us into His image. This renewal is not always painless. It's clear from biblical examples that God establishes earthly practices in order to effectively communicate heavenly truths. This is really exemplified when Jesus talks with Nicodemus in John chapter 3. Jesus asked him, If I told you earthly things and you don't believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? You see, we as a people lack the imagination or even the the mental capacity to fully understand the ways of God. It's declared in Isaiah chapter 55, My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. One of the examples that Jesus gave Nicodemus in order to help explain a heavenly truth was the idea of being born again. Now, Nicodemus, he didn't have any categories in his brain for this kind of understanding. And so he asked Jesus, how can a man be born when he's old? And that's a valid question. There's nothing that makes sense about a grown man being born. There's no precedent. There's nothing like it. It's a completely foreign idea. However, we do know what it is to be born or to give birth. We know what that is. It's the natural process of procreation. So Jesus gave Nicodemus something that he could understand, being born. And he used that to explain something that Nicodemus would never have been able to understand, being born again. Now, this idea of being born again, being established by faith in Christ and sealed with the Holy Spirit, experiencing spiritual growth and growing into a mature child of God, this idea gets built up throughout the rest of the New Testament. I want to focus on the growth that leads to spiritual maturity. There are three Bible passages in the epistles that talk specifically about spiritual food affecting spiritual growth. The first is in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. This is what it says. I'll read it. But brothers, I could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not yet ready for it. And even now, you are not yet ready. For you are still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? For when one says, no, no, I follow Paul. And another says, oh, but I follow Apollos. Are you not being merely human? What then is Apollos? Or what is Paul? Servants through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each. I, Paul, 
I planted. Apollos, he watered. But God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. Now, we need to remember, especially, especially remember, that this was addressed to a church of people. We need to remember that, especially when we read verses like verse 1. These people were a church. They had confessed their faith in the Lord. They believed in Christ. But it appears that they were more controlled by their jealousy and strife than they were controlled by the Holy Spirit. Notice what Paul said in verse 2. I gave you milk, not solid food, because you weren't ready for that. Like how a baby is only able to receive certain forms of nourishment. This church in Corinth were like infants in their faith. That's why this letter carries such an importance, because Paul is providing them a feast fit for a baby in order for them to grow up. Now, the second example is in Hebrews chapter 5. This is what it says. About this, we have much to say, and it's hard to explain, since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You, you need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. As a side note, Notice that a sign of this maturity is being able to distinguish good from evil. A sign of spiritual maturity is discernment. Mankind has a notorious difficulty determining good and bad things, which makes our fulfillment of justice skewed. God is the ultimate authority, and he has the full picture of what is good and what is evil. Thus, according to this, this statement here in Hebrews, spiritual maturity is being able to discern what is good and what is evil. And this discernment is only possible by the aligning of oneself with God and his value system. Now, we really need to notice in this passage for this topic, verse 12, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. So milk, in this case, is equated to the basic principles of the oracles of God. Or as Jeremiah put more simply in his book in the Old Testament, your words were found and I ate them. Your words became to me a joy and the delight of my heart. So in other words, this spiritual nourishment is the word of God. That's what supplies the growth. Just as Paul said in 1 Corinthians, I planted... Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. This growth comes from learning and practicing the teachings of Jesus. 
Here's the third example. This third passage is in 1 Peter chapter 2. So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Or again, as Jeremiah said, your words were found and I ate them. This is the means of spiritual growth. And this is needed in order to understand what I present when I say, in our earthly walk with the Lord, we will experience difficult spiritual growing pains. Do you remember growing pains as a kid? Super uncomfortable. I I think some kids get it worse than others. But I remember one time, personally, just lying in bed and crying because my legs just unexplainably hurt. I didn't have an injury. I wasn't recovering from anything. I was just growing. Now, hear me when I say this. God is not punishing you when you experience these growing pains. It could be a a difficult situation where you have to navigate, where you actually have to practice your discernment of good from evil. Maybe it's the grieving of being pruned. There's another analogy there. Maybe it's the silence of the night, something that's just unexplainable and difficult. Usually when someone is experiencing inner turmoil, the first finger that gets pointed is towards God. Questions fly out like, why is this happening? God, why are you letting this happen? Make it stop. I don't want this to happen. Fix it. Where are you? It feels like you left me. I don't want to experience this. God is not punishing you when you experience spiritual growing pains. There is a war between flesh and spirit. Your fleshly, sinful nature doesn't want to do the things that your renewed, God-aligned desires want to do. It's an opposition, a confrontation. Something is dying. And believe it or not, but it's more comfortable to let your spirit die than your flesh. Spiritual growing pains are like one nature growing away from another. You are growing into salvation, into Jesus Christ, which means you are dying to self. We must remember, we need to ask the question, who is our salvation? Not what, who is our salvation? Jesus Christ. Listen as I read Ephesians chapter four. I'll start with verse 13. We're we're jumping in the middle of a sentence here, but I'm trying to keep things on topic, so I apologize. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning or by craftiness in deceitful schemes. So we need to practice discernment. Verse 15, rather, Speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, 
from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. To be fair, again, this is talking about the body of Christ, the church, but it does apply to each individual within the church. Here, let me take you to one more uh, pit stop. Uh, Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. We're, we're going to grab this, these couple verses for some context and then go to Colossians chapter 2. And so, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Now, chapter two with verse six. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Spiritual growing pains are uncomfortable, but they are necessary to reach full maturity within Christ. This idea that I've heard that God is punishing you for wanting to love him is a very weak and immature perspective because it's a perspective that is established from a worldly viewpoint To be quite blunt, it's a demonic trap created by syncretistic thinking, and it is meant to keep a person away from the Word of God. Spiritual growing pains are uncomfortable, but they are necessary to reach maturity within Christ. Let me close with a verse in James, from the book of James. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Let me interject here. Steadfastness in what? Or who? I'll continue on here. Verse 4. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. James is a great book if you want to read more about this testing and trial and tribulation. There's a lot of spiritual growing pains in that book. But let me close with a benediction. Let me say this. May the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this episode. Understanding and living out the teachings of Jesus is a lifelong experience. My goal is to understand the Bible in the same way that Jesus understood it. As it said in Luke chapter 24, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, Jesus interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Bible teaching 
is important for furthering spiritual growth. And it is my desire as a Bible teacher and a Christ follower that you become rooted in and built up in and established in the person of our salvation. Thank you for your prayers and thank you for your support. Until next week, I'll catch you later.